0: Hey Hound Dogs, I'm David Hankins,
1: I'm Paul Hankins, and I'm Trevor Hankins.
0: And welcome to On the Air with Power Squared. This is our 99th show, Yes. and so all those that had bets who would make it this far, you got to pay up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we're here to talk uh, with Trevor as a special guest, talking about Comic-Con at home. Uh, if you're like us, uh, you look forward to Comic-Con every year. In the last couple of years have been sort of virtual events yeah which are way different than the actual experience of going yeah uh, way you know way easier but
1: I don't think it's as much fun no no as we yeah. discovered this year
0: yeah and this year especially seemed a little subdued yeah I mean and maybe it's because we're all like this is it going on again or something but yeah how'd you feel Trevor about it
1: Uh yeah, not as uh not as much going on as last year.
0: Yeah. It was only I don't uh, know
1: how I don't know how much of it was the Olympics.
0: Well, it was also only three days. Yeah. I mean there was there was a panel on Wednesday and maybe a panel or two on Thursday. Yeah,
1: Thursday the panels were geared more towards uh comics and education. Which which is... is Always exciting.
0: <laughs> and uh, so it was, it was seemed like shorter and the, some of the lessons you'd hope people had learned maybe from the first time. Yeah. Some cases they were learned, in some cases it's this, it was, you know, as I told somebody, it's kind of like watching a Zoom call at work.
1: Yeah. And all that <laughs>
0: excitement in it. And uh, kind of, you kind of hope that people... And There were some that would have some production values because they were pre-taping every single one of them.
1: Yeah. To clarify what I meant. To clarify what I meant was I don't know how much the Olympics affected our enjoyment of Comic Con. Oh. Like.
0: Well, I think. You if, know what I'm trying to say.
1: Yes, yeah. there
0: was other things going on during Comic Con. Yeah, every year there's. The world doesn't stop because Comic Con's going on. <laughs> uh, this year, especially, there yes, there was the Olympics and. You know other things to uh, think about yeah but um so that's my general impressions that it was just yeah you know, more subdued and
1: kind of lackluster in a way and lukewarm
0: because every time i i like leave comic-con on the drive back from san diego i really like oh i, I want to stay in that world yeah and as the,
1: exhausting as it is. Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, but that would just be like, that would be the greatest life ever. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, and then you're like, uh, no, here, it was sort of like, whoa, phew, I'm, I'm off work. <laughs> 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 Don't watch any more videos.
1: Uh, do we want to run through any of the panels that we watched? We
0: should. Definitely run through the panels that we watched and also uh, point out that we did earn our... Uh,
1: attended a con from your couch merit badge yes thanks to
0: con rangers which they sent us in exchange for money
1: yes it, <laughs> we did earn
0: this so i want to point that out
1: okay, so on Wednesday the only panel at all and of interest was uh unmasking snake eyes GI Joe origins now of course they were hyping uh the move, they are hyping the snake eyes movie and uh advertising uh the pre-release screenings right at specific cities yeah which were Uh, going on that night the movie actually came out that week (sighs) yeah yeah so that made sense
0: so it was a taking advantage of the situation yes to hype it as and they were having previous screens the night of wednesday yeah which i always think is like oh i should be going
1: uh But i liked that they actually put in the production values yes to promote the movie and uh it was actually interesting learning what went into making the movie even uh we haven't seen it no but it was interesting uh like they talked about how being actually filming in japan added another uh layer to what they were doing because japan is very central to the story uh it sounded like they had a really good time, like filming it. Yeah, and uh, they also uh, went out of their way to make sure that the martial arts were accurate, and actually everyone actually trained in the fighting right. styles, yeah. so that they would make it look make it look convincing, and so that they would like, I don't know, survive. I guess.
0: Yeah. Um, I was struck, and I I guess it really occurred to me now that how. The G. I. Joe mythology that they're selling is not the G. I. Joe mythology that I grew up with. Yeah. Where G. I. Joe was government issued Joe who fought World War II, and fought the Japanese <laughs> and yeah. the Germans. But here he's it's more it's geared towards Japan. I mean martial arts and Yeah, at snake least eyes uh, and,
1: at least the snake eyes part yeah. of the
0: story. Which there seem to be really pushing this time. Yeah. So it was just sort of like, it has nothing to do with what I grew up with, as G.I. Joe.
1: Yeah. Uh, I will say, uh, the movie's not the first time that a G.I. Joe-related media tried to give an origin to Snake Eyes. If, based on what I know, this is a different, uh, take on it. Okay. Yeah. And it sounded like they even got the writer of the, the original comic book writer to... Work on the story.
0: Yeah, so it, it just seems like the it's a franchise that sort of has really morphed over the years. Yeah, that's all I was trying to point out. I think nothing against where it's going. Yeah, but it seems like, I mean, the first we saw we saw the first two GI Joe films. Yeah. This is this is part of the trilogy of or quadrilogy or whatever they're gonna make. right
1: I think it's uh, I think this is a new timeline.
0: <laughs> all right. I'm
1: gonna say I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> Well, I wouldn't be surprised if they decided to reboot it, considering the lukewarm reception that the other two got. Yeah, which then you can <laughs> kind retaliation. Of retaliation actually wasn't that bad, though. <sighs> no, no, that, that actually felt more like a GI Joe movie. Yeah, but they they were
0: still making it more of a worldwide. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. they they really already and the in the movies made it more a much more diverse organization than basically what was the, supposed to be the U.S.
1: Army. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. uh, but anyway, I, I thought the panel was interesting. And I thought, again, yeah. production
0: values, it was kind of nice.
1: Yeah. Uh, so then we didn't see anything from Thursday. So Friday we saw a bunch. Uh, the first one was Dragon Ball Special Panel.
0: Again, production value.
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> i i I liked that they uh yeah i really liked the production values uh they got the it was was a very japanese presentation (laughs) yeah i actually especially liked that it was unapologetically japanese (laughs) yes
0: uh and partially in japanese as well
1: yeah Yeah. because uh they (laughs) got i forget exactly who exactly who they got from the uh production to talk but uh that also included the uh japanese uh should i say Say Seiyu for uh goku yes uh and they also got the uh original singer of the of uh chala had chala to sing it for for the panel (laughs) Yes. That, so seems, that was actually fun.
0: That, that seems a little <laughs> vagacy, you know. He you kinda knew when he was saying that he's he I didn't know who he was, I knew he was gonna sing.
1: Yeah. But <laughs> <So laughs> the fact that it was the original singer kinda yeah. made it kinda cool. Yeah. Yes. Uh so as fans of Dragon Ball, uh I thought it was I liked learning some actual details about the upcoming uh dragon ball super movie uh, which they revealed the title was uh, dragon ball super superhero and they actually commented on how the word super is in the title twice uh, that, That's right, yeah. uh, emphasizes these that uh, further emphasizes the superhero aspect of it super super yeah it was yeah, yeah right uh and then we also got to see some uh, production artwork uh character designs including act including uh, Uh, An original Kurator, the original drawing uh, related to uh, the production, which they said was something that people rarely see. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then they showed a bit of animation at the end that wasn't from the movie, but was supposed to give an idea of what the movie would look like. Yeah, I I, just again, I'm not a big Dragon Ball right sorry Uh, (laughs)
0: but I kind of was expecting there to be a trailer or something from the movie after all that setup, and they never actually showed any animation from the movie no yeah it was a little
1: like but it did seem to give the impression the movie might be in CG okay yeah Uh, considering how Loop on the Third the first turned out which was all CG uh, if it is a CG movie then it could turn out well Uh, but I guess because of the artwork that they showed, I'm kind of hoping it's in 2D and they use, uh, 3D as a tool for the fights. Okay. We'll have to see. Yeah, it's, uh, it's honestly a bit too early to judge the quality of anything from the movie based entirely on a few seconds of Goku posing.
0: So, but did it make you want to see the movie?
1: Yes. Yes. Now, would
0: you want to see the movie without the presentation? <laughs> <laughs> Probably, okay. but
1: it was still cool to get a more insight into uh, what they what they were actually putting into the movie. All right. It was actually interesting learning that uh, Kurosawa has been putting more, more and more uh, has been getting more and more involved into each successive movie. Right. All right. Uh, So then, after that was a Paramount Plus. uh, I guess you could say hype panel. (laughs) Yeah, uh,
0: a lot of the. I mean, with Comic Con in general, the panels are either hyping a franchise or an author or somebody. Yeah. Or they're trying to be kind of instructive. Yeah. And those can be, you know, (laughs) you know why you shouldn't try to be a writer, (laughs) or they can be. You know how to write and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Or they could be how to animate, how to draw. You've, you know, I know Trevor attended some, you know, like drawing. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. they can be both ways. So, but they're usually either hyping something or trying to, trying to, ha- educate you.
1: Yeah. Uh, now, if our as from what I recall, we didn't watch all of the Paramount Plus panel. I think we just saw the part that was uh, Star Trek Universe.
0: Yes. I think that was.
1: It wasn't called Universe, was it? It was a Star Trek series. Yeah. It was a Star Trek show. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. That's the point.
0: And part of the problem was the presentation. There was really kind of annoying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like
1: the <laughs> host, the host was kind of trying too hard.
0: Yeah. And, yes. um, yeah, nothing against, I guess, trying, but it was just a little like it was almost exhausting watching. It. Yeah. So we didn't watch too much more.
1: Yeah uh we did watch uh all of the hbo max panel that was about the uh that was about adventure time distant lands yes uh, i was expecting them to give a little more info on the fourth one besides just a uh, still mm-hmm. or key yes. art uh it was the panel was okay yes yeah. i mean it, w- yeah. it would
0: be nice again to have seen something from yeah um,
1: John Di- John DiMaggio kind of took it over. Yes. yes, he
0: talked through everybody. Yeah. i and the most interesting guy in the room. He yeah. probably is. Yes, <laughs> but he lets you know. That. yeah. So yeah, kind of. Um, but it again, you kind of try to imagine. I mean, we we have not yet ever been in Hall H, but you can't imagine like something where you don't show something would would fly in that environment.
1: Yeah. So it's,
0: it's just like man. Are are you,
1: I, what? I like that John DiMaggio had enthusiasm. Oh, yeah. It's just... <laughs> yeah. Uh, come on, Marcus Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then there was uh, Stan Sakai and the Usagi Chronicles, which was hyping up... Netflix? Uh, uh, Samurai Rabbit, the Usagi Chronicles. Yeah. Uh, So we watched that because of Trevor. So I... This got me into Sagiogemba. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, what did you think of the panel?
1: Um, I thought I, uh, I thought it was interesting. Uh, what they uh, were trying to do with the show, uh, I guess, uh, making it about his a descendant of Miyamoto Usagi from, like, a thousand years in the future makes it so that it doesn't, uh, like, I guess, interfere with the comic book timeline. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Uh, Uh. thought it was interesting how they, one, got Stan Sakai, that was good, they did get Stan Sakai uh, in on it. Uh, and I guess it makes sense that, uh, pretty much everything about it had to be approved by him. Right, he allowed it to, yeah. Yeah, because that's, as he described, uh, as he explained, Usagi Ojimbo is basically his, going to be his legacy. Right. Yes. Like, he's fully aware of it, so he wants to make sure that it's in good hands. They, uh They mostly showed, like, concept art, but I thought they were taking things in an interesting direction. <laughs>
0: The one thing that kind of was I'm not I can't say bothered me or whatever, but right. the fact that these characters would be just like the character from a thousand years before. Yeah. And it's like I don't know, I'm always I always think that's really weird when shows or stories try to do that where, you know, in a thousand years there'll be a Paul Hankins just like you with your same kind of interests and all that kind of stuff. And these were sort of these characters they're relatives a thousand years in the future for the most part right I just think that's always kind of like they're not going to be the same
1: well let's think about it this way uh like with Yu-Gi-Oh a lot of the with Yu-Gi-Oh some of the main some of the characters are uh reincarnations essentially of other characters
0: yeah. uh
1: but their uh personality right there. what what <laughs> like they're similar to a character from the original series. <laughs> well, or they I mean, play a similar In the original Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh yes. like Yugi is sort of a reincarnation of the pharaoh. Mm-hmm. Uh Kaiba is a reincarnation of uh someone the pharaoh someone as a, re- as a reincarnation of someone else. Merrick is a reincarnation. Bakora is a reincarnation, right. but their uh, personalities are still uh, very different from their original ancient Egyptian counterparts. But these were set up. I, mis- I misinterpreted where you were going with that. <laughs> these
0: weren't set up as reincarnations. they were set up as as descendants. Right.
1: Well, the point is, they could be. They could still be similar to their ancestors in some ways, but the way it plays out could be different. very different from okay. how it is in, like, the original comic.
0: Okay, and I had nothing to go on beyond right. either well, the characters I,
1: and they seem to be kind of- Well, based on how they described uh, some of the uh, descendants, do you think they... What did you think of them? How they would be compared to their uh, comic book counterparts? They didn't, uh, I, I don't remember how much detail they went into on that. Uh, um, I oh know, uh, 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 in the comic, uh, there are some, uh, stories that show a younger, uh, Usagi going through his uh, training Yeah. Uh, so it seems like with uh, Usagi Chronicles the sorry, I forgot the main character's name oh, right. uh, so it seems like they're uh it's sort of more like that <sighs> alright,
0: okay, I was just. I'm just giving you my impression, alright I could be uh, totally wrong, but that's just how it seemed to me.
1: Well, even if the characters do end up being similar to their uh, ancestors, that would still be a way of sort of introducing the characters to a different audience. Could be. I, I think the idea is to make it more... Uh, Kid-friendly? I guess. I, guess, I, I was going to say beginner-friendly. <laughs> Accessible. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> and then of course uh miyamoto Sagi will be in the show somehow yes uh Uh, okay then there was the hero's journey strong storytelling in video games which i didn't uh uh i guess didn't see very much of no because i think a lot of it was stuff i already knew so nothing against them okay uh yeah, we saw a Mega Sixty Four panel for those experiencing intense side effects. <laughs> which was uh, mostly a copy paste from the last uh, Mega Sixty Four panel, but the sketches are still funny anyway. Yeah,
0: it was it was kind of again my exposure was last year, saw them do that, and I was like, oh, this looks really familiar. Yeah. Um, it'd been nice if they had been sort of more of a brand new show, but maybe they're just trying to be greatest hits. Yeah. Oriented.
1: uh but it would be good if the only it would be good if they uh swapped out more than two sketches
0: Yeah, no, no. I, I imagine they've been shooting all this time yeah doing something
1: yeah yeah so uh
0: that would have been nice
1: yeah but again it was still funny and mega 64 always funny to watch yes, <laughs> yes. uh <laughs> The also and the last uh, Friday panel we watched was Rick and Morty, which was actually kind of a letdown. <laughs> yeah, they they clearly didn't have enough content for twenty minutes.
0: That's it. Was, yeah, it was real short, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, they were, it felt like they were mostly just patting themselves on the back. And uh, the, the 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 Rick and Morty panel pulled a similar trick that the Usagi panel did. It was like oh. the... Uh, the, the, the 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 person you're there for is uh, they showed up late because the panel is uh, up late because the panel is <laughs> over. But the way Rick and Morty did is it, like even though, what even though Justin Roiland's bit with Rick and Morty was kind of funny, it didn't. I guess it's because there wasn't as much substance as the Usagi panel. It didn't feel like earned. <sighs> yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, which uh, another thing that which is. Uh... When you go to see a panel at Comic-Con, you expect it to last 50 minutes. Yeah. And here now, th- these or were...
1: it's like half an hour, and then half an hour to 45 minutes in a and a or something. Yeah. Uh,
0: but th- that's your spending that much time in the room, I should yeah. say. Yeah. Uh, but th- these were like 20... Th- these were... Some of these were pretty short. Yeah. And it was sort of like... You kind of expect it, you know... You've had a year to put this together. Do something more. <laughs> anyway... Yeah i asked for too much i guess for my free
1: and i guess i reckon mordy was expecting did they did they even show anything from the season i don't think no, so no, really. I, 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 half they showed clips from like episodes that already aired yeah i guess i was expect- like like half of it was a stupid game show thing yeah that was disappointing okay so moving on to saturday okay uh the first one going by what we saw listed yeah uh disney television animation amphibia and the owl house i liked that one yeah (laughs) yeah uh yes it was kind of a hype panel but they also uh went into the process of creating certain scenes uh including like from the concept art to the animatic to the finished animation and they also talked about uh voice acting Mm -hmm. and kind of how they put the show together shows together in general uh also they also actually showed a clip from amphibia season three yes uh so that was actually cool they did a and they did a
0: table read of a crossover
1: yeah that was uh we got probably because of some similarities between the two shows or are fans who wanted them to have an official crossover so it happened through a table read right. and that was actually entertaining Yeah, <laughs> it and was like perfectly uh, in character the explanation made sense and the length was just right
0: yeah it was enough to, yeah
1: and of course you got the uh, character interactions you were expecting <laughs>
0: right so I think that was actually pretty well done
1: yeah uh see so yeah, and there was podcasting 101 which we watched because of this what you, whatever you are watching or the uh, thing you are watching or listening to right now
0: <laughs> right? Um, yeah and it was one of those where the host I don't think we actually saw
1: right <laughs> no I don't think we saw the moderator
0: yeah and but it's they picked people that they know and three of them were pr- basically were on the same show yeah Podcast, which I didn't have any connection to at all. No. Um, and it wasn't that stimulating in some ways. No.
1: And. Um, there wasn't really much, I guess, enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah. So. would have helped.
0: The one thing I think we learned was that it helps if you're guests on other you have guests on your show and you're guests on other people's shows.
1: Yeah so our one takeaway is we should try to get another podcast
0: yes so we're
1: available in
0: case you <laughs> <up> watching
1: yes <laughs> uh okay then for indie comics creators how to powerfully brand yourself yeah the the guy that does
0: uh lady death or? yeah
1: uh i had some production value yeah yeah
0: um, sometimes people uh I think it was like his
1: studio probably. Yeah. Or he, yeah.
0: <laughs> and nothing against him. He's been successful obviously, but yeah. he kind of um I'll take care of it. Um it just seemed like he wasn't really telling you anything that you already did kind of already didn't know or uh or it was helping you figure out how to do it besides yes you should brand yourself and you know i've done this and it's been really it
1: depends on i think that's the kind of thing it depends on how much you already knew beforehand right yeah
0: so but i mean it wasn't um earth
1: shattering no, but I guess this is an instance where it's like one man's trash. Yeah,
0: <laughs> so I mean he's, no, al- he's always been successful. I think I went to a panel of his about uh, kick-starting several years ago thinking that would be great and basically he's somebody who been in the business, he's one of those people who have been in the business for 30 years and I've been able to do this successful thing um, where everybody mostly is starting out not been in the business for thirty years, and you have no reputation. How do you get to that, you know, point? And that's yeah. the secret sauce they never tell you, kind of deal. So he wasn't really that informative with the Kickstarter because he was he was relying on his experience and people know who he was. It's easy to raise money, like you know, Keanu Reeves, no problem raising money for a comic book. Yeah, because you know who he is. Uh, if you're into comic books, you would know who this guy was, so you would probably be more supportive of his stuff. It was the how do people that aren't already well established. Yeah. And, you know, that was the part that they never really help you with.
1: No. Uh, so, again, I, this is one of those one man's trash instances. Yeah. Uh And then there was cartoon voices.
0: Yes, which is something we tend to go to every year.
1: Yes. And
0: mm. it's always interesting, it's always yes. fun. Mm-hmm. they seem to be very supportive of one another which is always nice
1: and uh mark avenir is uh really good at moderating yes uh and even though they always end with a table read mm-hmm. or like the back half and even though we've heard all all three of the <laughs> scripts by now uh they the voice actors manage to always make it entertaining right. like uh uh but this one had grover in it I thought it was gonzo that's what I meant to say there's not a gonzo in it yeah. the G, they look a lot alike. Yeah. like like uh, Wally Winger had a gonzo puppet. yeah so he uh, played gonzo right. to fill the fifth role yeah
0: what they have them do is read a script usually it's Goldilocks or Little Red Riding Hood or, or something Rapunzel that- Rapunzel, something that's in the public domain. Actually, I think it works better. I mean, I, we've gone to the panel live and there'd be like five or six people. Yeah. And I think three or f- there's like three or four, there're three this time, right? Uh
1: the f- there were four people. Four. Uh, but he used a five-person script.
0: Right. But I mean, I think the smaller the group, the more yeah, th- it seemed to work better to me. Yeah. So, because um, sometimes you have Enough parts for everybody or I don't know, it just seemed to, this to work better, I think. Right. For me. I thought it was fun.
1: Yeah. So those cartoon voices are usually a good uh pick. Mm-hmm. Whether you're in person or online. Uh so on Sunday we looked at two uh animals and graphic novels and games. And narrative design for the computer gaming industry. Okay. Narrative design, I didn't uh, learn that much new. Okay. uh, Because I think I kind of heard it last year. (laughs) Uh, But narrative design is still an underappreciated part of uh, game creation.
0: It does seem like a way of getting into working as a full-time writer or working as a writer not necessarily full-time but i mean it does seem like it's they keep making it sound like you know i was you know what was one of them was archaeologist or whatever and now they work for in writing and stuff like that right yeah yeah i mean it just i don't know they always make it sound like it's easy to get into but it's uh, probably not
1: i'm aware that with uh, video game with writing for video games or doing narrative writing uh you can get in through unconventional means right uh yeah in this case uh i'm not i don't remember how much they talked about this but narrative design it's a little from my understanding of narrative design it's a little more than just like writing the script you're also uh making sure that uh everything uh cohesively works within the context of the uh narrative of the game,
0: and then sometimes it sounds like they're really involved. So that they'll go to the t- they'll go to the readings. Uh, they'll you know talk to p- the programmers and things like that. And some of the times they have to like, I think that was the panel where sometimes they have to go to the producer. You can't ask me directly. You have to you know. Yeah. So it I guess depends on the production you're involved with.
1: Yeah. Uh, and then animals and graphic novels and games we watched because of Trevor yes what did you think of it um I I thought it was interesting I was just I uh personally I we didn't watch the whole thing because I personally wasn't getting very much out of it right
0: so the nice thing about panels like this, if you're not enjoying them, is you can just turn them off. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to having you get up and leave the room and make a big, you know,
1: hey, here you go. Uh, it's not like the panel wasn't informative. It's just uh, what I was hearing was mostly stuff that I kind of already knew or figured out. Right. Right. Okay. So this, that covers the... Panels, right? Uh,
0: now with every Comic Con, there are some exclusives.
1: Yes, and we ordered a few. We haven't gotten all of them yet, but some cool ones did arrive. At least a couple, like this. Uh, you like this uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Mat featuring Stardust Dragon. 5Ds yes now interestingly it doesn't have the comic con badge on it like some of our other con con mats do but it does at least say limited edition in the corner so that's something Uh, I also uh, ordered a uh, dumpster fire vinyl figure that was uh, crossover with the this is fine meme, meme. <laughs> with box art by K. Secret <laughs> yes so that makes it more special <laughs> uh, also ordered some IDW covers <laughs> yeah none of which have arrived
0: yet no. no Yeah, so it's a little uh, again part of the experience of going there is you get the exclusive we used to have to fight for some of these exclusives yeah you will know, get there as early as we could and get in there and fight for them but then you had them with you, you Yeah, know, you're sending away from for them and you know either you look at it as hey it's extending the experience when you get it or oh yeah I got over that <laughs> <laughs>
1: I will say the only reason this showed up before we started recording it was because uh, core TCG is in uh, Pasadena <laughs> it helps yeah so we're not, in Los Angeles so yeah it's, so it's not too terribly far away from us right uh and then, we also, like last year, went on a went out of our way to recreate other parts of the Comic Con experience, including food. food.
0: Yeah, uh, there are certain
1: there are certain restaurants we like to hit.
0: Yeah, and mostly because well, one of them is the Old Spaghetti Factory. Yes, because there is no Old Spaghetti Factory in L A anymore. No. Uh, and it's also in the Gaslight. Gaslamp. Gaslamp. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to gaslight you. No, <laughs> the gas lamp district, and it's near the convention center, so it's, you know, yeah. we've been going there every year at least once. And then there's a California burrito from
1: uh, Lucha Libre. Yeah. yeah. And,
0: and then there's the chimichanga from El uh, Indio. Yeah, and then we also discovered a pizza place down there. Yeah. Which we went to once. It may not be there anymore. <laughs> None of these may be there. I have no idea. Um and then there was uh we on Sundays before we leave we're now going to Bub's. Yeah. Near the ballpark. And so we, we so we try to recreate those meals here. I think we use beeps for the California burrito. Yeah, which is a local fifties diner.
1: Yeah.
0: Um and then we got and we got enchiladas, I think, instead. Uh and, and then I, we had tortas
1: okay we were uh, we taquitos, got taquitos taquitos, taquitos. Sorry. Uh, sorry started with the tea <laughs> and it was poor we got taquitos and regular burritos <laughs> yeah
0: because you can't find it's really hard to find a
1: place around here that is like chimichangas and taquitos
0: yeah yeah you can find one or the other it's kind of weird yeah and then we did, for uh, pizza we just had we normally have pizza on Friday night yeah. <laughs> and, uh, for the Bubs experience, we went to Farmer Boys and you got burgers and your mom and I got, uh, salad. cop salads, yeah.
1: salads.
0: Yeah. A particular type of salad. Chopped. Yeah. yeah, it's good. Yeah. So, and I thought, I liked the Beeps thing. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. And, uh, so, that experience.
1: Uh, any other part of the Comic-Con at home experience you want to talk about? Uh... Is, what? I think I figured out how to say uh, what I was trying to say about the, uh, Usagi Ojimbo. Okay. Um... It's an interesting way to explore uh, younger versions of the characters without... uh like overwriting whatever Stan Sakai had planned for the comic,
0: right? Yeah, you avoid stepping on the origin stories and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Or ha- or doing something that's going to do a f- that would have affected a future. Yeah, yeah. I I understand why they were doing it. I, I would just give you my take on because they're not the first people to do that right. with a story. Yeah. So,
1: I was saying I figured out how to properly phrase it. Right.
0: There are just certain but, things that bother me about writing. You know, since I'm yeah. trying to, since I want to do that. <laughs> um, so you we kinda, are doing it. Well, yes, <laughs> we are doing it. But uh, I'd like to make a living doing this. Right. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, that that was just my my take on it. it was it seemed like something I, I've heard done before. That was all.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I guess the covers Comic-Con at Home. What do we think of it overall?
0: Uh, I really hope to God that we have Comic-Con in person next year.
1: Yeah. And, uh, and, and they, not that Thanksgiving event. <laughs> yeah, they
0: are doing something at Thanksgiving, uh, which I kind of think is maybe I, – I don't know anybody that wants to go to it. yeah. We talked to somebody that was good, could have had a panel and they they couldn't go. It's Thanksgiving, you know. It's hard to kind of for some people arrange that. There are people, and I've been to conventions uh, that are on Thanksgiving Day weekend. Yeah. Um, but it has to be some, You know, I just you're gonna, it's it's either going to be really local while yeah. San Diegans going, or it's going to be people from overseas who don't. Well, Thanksgiving, what's that? Right. You know. Um, so. I, I kind of, when we talked to John Barber, yeah he, he wasn't planning on going. He's based in San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, uh-huh. maybe that's changed, but uh, I just think it's going to be. It. Now, they're also doing something on Omaze, Omaze, uh, where they're trying to uh, have you donate money to help support Comic Con, which we did. So, we're, we encourage you to perhaps help that way as well. Uh, and you can win, uh, it's a charity, so it's. You can yeah. take that off your taxes, and then you can also perhaps win. I think it's like you know uh, the ultimate experience. Yes, uh, and they'll put you up in a hotel, and you get a four-day, you know, four-day pass including preview night, and you'll get, uh, you know, a concierge. which yeah. I don't see what that. Will, and you get a tour of the museum, and I guess they'll fly you to San Diego, which really would work for us. Yeah. We'd have to go someplace else to take the plane, um, but. It sounds like a pretty good deal, so I would just encourage if you want to help support Comic Con and Thanksgiving sounds like a really hard time for you. Maybe that's what you could help. Yeah. And I again, I hope that we're past this to the point where we can at least have it in person. You
1: no, know, going in person. Uh, I got the feeling when we go, I'll uh, we'll probably be like, uh "Why God, why?" Because of all the exhaustion and rushing to get things, but it would it kind of doesn't feel the same with that. No. It, it's, it's this
0: big build-up. It's kind of like Christmas in a way, and it's yeah. over way too soon. But, <laughs> uh, you know, and you're tired, exhausted every day. But yeah. As David Letterman said, it's a good kind of tired. Yeah. You know, so I, I look forward to being able to go back. Again, if they have Comic-Con at home and that's the only way we can experience it, I assume we will probably... Participate next year as well.
1: Yeah. Well it'd be great to uh have an actual badge again instead of printing one up. <laughs>
0: yes. So we all had our own Comic Con at home yeah. badge. So we, we bought a hook line and sinker.
1: Yeah. Um so that covers Comic-Con, that. Yes.
0: So this is our 99th on the air with power squared. As uh, I said at the beginning. Right. Well, that's where we reiterate yes. that. Uh next week is our one hundredth. Yes. Show and we do have a special guest, Carla Hoke, who is the author of Fight Right. Uh, she will be our guest uh, next week at this time, and we encourage you, of course, to uh, watch. Yes, it, it was a, it's, a, it's a fun interview, I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, because we've already pre taped it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, until next week, I'm David Hankins,
1: I'm Paul Hankins. I'm Trevor Hankins
0: and you've been on the air with Power Squared.